Hi beautiful soul, this is Claire and the Art of Life podcast and this is the Secret Pregnancy series. This is episode six and I wanted to start, I'm, I'm just going to free form channel download as usual and uh, transmitting what's going on during my pregnancy and the particular power and self-evolution that I'm channeling, the particular healing and alignment and rightness of what I'm experiencing as I just ate. I'm in month number four and it's the winter, just come into the new year of 2023 and I am 50 years old. It's 50 years since my zygote, which was um, just about winter solstice past. So 21st, 22nd of December. And I've been having such an extraordinary experience and I, I really want to express it and talk about it. And at the same time, the only communities available to me are online communities <clears throat> and most of them have a fairly public interface which isn't appropriate for talking about this really deep, really sentient, really potent, sacred feminine stuff. Um, and most of the, the private memberships cost vast amounts of money that are well, well beyond many multiple times what I earn in a month. Um, that I wouldn't be able to put anything aside from anyway. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm, I'm pouring my communications into a handful of folks' um, signal inboxes and we have these beautiful daily unfoldings and they too are part of this potent time of cosmic union and and things expanding in the world, changing very, very rapidly and the great unveiling, the great revelations that are going on around the world of what has really been going on behind the scenes and why we're really here and, and how we can change the negative influences that have been essentially enslaving us and, and so on. Um, pregnancy and birth being one very significant area, probably the most significant area, the place in which life is created, being so very, very interfered with and projected onto and our neuroses being harvested and earning the pharmaceuticals and the health industries and all the doctors and nurses and gynecologists and obstetricians and obgynes and all the rest of whatever they call themselves, earning them vast, vast, vast sacks of cash whilst we become depleted. And I really wanted to speak in this episode about, um, I'm in the bath by the way, I, I love to commune from a place of water. Unfortunately, my phone can't function under the shower, but if it did, I would be really into doing that. The shower is an amazing place to be vertical and submerged in running water. 
And the bath is a different energy, but also it's a place where I get much clarity of thought. And especially since I've been gestating, I'm finding that the bathroom, the downstairs space that I'm in, in this magical Italian medieval quarter house that I live in, this space is down on the, the ground level. It's kind of all the ground level, really, but there's several floors, but they're all um, dug into the ground at the back of the building. So it's a very grounded house, but the downstairs rooms and the back rooms are even more grounded because they're literally touching the ground on all sides and they're built on living rock and they are built with living rock. So that means that they, they have a lot of transmitting, a lot of power to hold. And this room is one of the many in the house that is a vaulted ceiling, an arched ceiling. Um, the, the, the walls are about a metre and a half thick or more. And the vaulted ceiling gives it this cave-like and sacred church-like quality. Um, not many houses in the modern world are built with arches or circles or roundness in them. And that really is a, a significant aspect of sitting in this old iron bathtub with lovely, lovely hot water in the cool weather and feeling this wonderful balance of elements where I've got candlelight oh, and the smell of fresh flowers, natural salts and bicarbonate of soda in the bath and beautiful lavender and, and other argan oils and, and things that are lusciously um, caressing my skin of my belly and the rest of my body. Um, being in under the earth, it really does have an incredibly calming and healing quality. When much of the modern world up above the earth and out on the street is, is pretty not conducive to peace, calm, um, symbiosis, um, and so on. Um, the outside world is very much about, about neuroses. It's very much built on neuroses and, and a subject that came up, it keeps coming up because of the deep conversations I'm having with my beautiful close friends at this really amazing time. I have this thought around how the sacred work of gestation has absolutely nothing to do with the neuroses. Like the neuroses are completely irrelevant, but the system really wants us to be neurotic because it, it really doesn't have any purpose if we're not neurotic. And even talking with some close friends about my neuroses and just saying them in passing, almost in a, in a lighthearted kind of comical way about how ridiculous it is that I'm thinking like this. Um, as I do that, often my friends are picking up on it and wanting to take it further, like making suggestions that intrude on the strict privacy, the absolute secrecy of what's going on underneath my own skin and behind the barrier of my aura, which is not a, a solid barrier, but is an energetic barrier that 
things are moving outwards and expressing and my body is expanding and my consciousness is expanding and that doesn't like anything that sort of suggests that it should come inside that anything that interrupts the essentially the perfection and the natural vitality of that like there's nothing that can really help that apart from encouraging words and um I don't know gifts of seeds or something or somebody helping me carrying something heavy like they're, they're the only things that can really support me um the support that I need is just support for me and if someone wants to support me they should ask me what I want but the idea that it's such a subtle thing it's such a really um it certainly comes from the unconscious this unconscious want to or presumption that you that you need interference that you need checks and measurements and that one wouldn't be comfortable on one's own even with one's own deep neuroses that in the gestation like the whole point of the gestation is to bring us back into alignment with the divine with divinity itself with the cosmos because it is the the creation of life is the most poignantly sacred succinct expression of life creating life is life and just like a seed growing into a sprout and and putting up a shirt and putting out its, its leaves like that too is an expression a perfect expression and yet this complex reality which is a human being coming into form in a such a specific time such a specific place it's not a leaf forming it's not a seed sprouting it's a, a conscious mobile being which has this infinite power to create and this power to channel consciousness grow consciousness expand consciousness and um doesn't really matter in a way what's going on with my neuroses it, it or my worries or doubts or whatever whatever the thing is um even my my dreams <laughs> as long as they're moving outwards that's all that matters and like when I say moving outwards like if there is fear it wants to be expressed it needs to be expressed it needs to be put out in into the world in some form and released or let go of or destroyed or burned or returned to the elements and there's various ways I can do that um but for me the spoken word is very useful and I do that a lot with my friends just releasing my neuroses and and knowing as soon as I've spoken them that they're no longer sitting in me they're no longer weighing on me or or in I'm not entangled in them in any way and I, again I keep coming back to this mantra of like these thoughts this this neuroses or these neuroses have no place in this no place in gestation, no place in creating a child. Um, like it's completely out of their jurisdiction. It's in a much higher jurisdiction. It's in the highest jurisdiction. And the idea that a, 
I would want the support of a friend to take what's essentially their neuroses that they're using to hook into mine and wanting to create a, a big neuroses storm together. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to participate in that and I won't participate in it, um, which is why I'm having very few conversations about the specifics of my gestation. And it's why I'm gaining such a vast wealth of synchrony and um, spiritual opening as I follow this natural course to what end I don't know. I, I'm not guaranteed that I'm going to birth a child as much as I want and dream to and hope and assume, can assume, but I, I know that it's just as possible that I might not come to full term. It's entirely possible, even though I, I feel it's the the surest I've ever felt in my life that I will do but it doesn't that doesn't guarantee um, and I have to admit there's quite a difference between being sure of something mentally I think before I was much more mentally sure of the thing every time I conceived and as I've mentioned in the other podcasts in this series the secret pregnancy series the progression down into sureness into Material sureness and energetic sureness has been quite a quite a journey. Um, the times before when I was really sure, I was frantically grasping and I was so hungry to be pregnant and so hungry to have conceived. And I did conceive, that wasn't the problem, but the maintaining any length of pregnancy wasn't just wasn't happening and as soon as this one happened even though I've had several bleedings during since the first since I was pregnant there's been a different kind of sureness that's simply whole body mind spirit and beyond and that is a very different feeling a sense that I have done enough work to come down into my body that now I am sufficiently present that I can actually engage in this sacred work and and as I'm engaging in the sacred work I can see as I've mentioned before in this series how it couldn't have happened before because it would have been too much work and it wouldn't have been possible to stay in my body sufficiently to nourish myself sufficiently to rest sufficiently I would have got tangled up and um, kind of tripped over myself in my rush to control things and push things forward this is the only time in my life that I could have done this up until now this is the only time that I could have done this in the way that my soul agreement and my my soul presence wants this to be done and needs it to be done and, and is here to do this work. And again, that just, it's such a beautiful thing to, the first three months were very intense and very tumultuous emotionally and physically. The house had lots of problems. The animals were problems. Um, I had to reshuffle the whole setup of the house, thinking about the future and knowing that I can't have six cats in one room <laughs> and try and keep the place hygienic and clean. Um, 
the the processes in the first three months were um, incredibly sobering and gathered me up in them like a, a momentum started to gather me up in it a, a momentum that's bigger than me and I was talking with a dear friend today about that that thing that it feels very similar to how I go about healing what, what my process is around healing and why I don't really get ill anymore because I've gone through these really deep delvings into the core of what's distorted and given them space to correct themselves and because of that um i seem it feels like i have access to a healing force which doesn't require me to be continuously ill like i was before continuously plagued by small and big symptoms um and that force again as it you know that force is me it is the cosmic soul and it's me it's us but our our ego self like keeps us at least a step away from it a step outside of it and keeps the cosmic soul at, at, at arm's length at, at, i don't know a, a barge pole length or something uh, or even miles away um, and this process of being pregnant at this particular phase of my life, I absolutely see why women who are older are discouraged from having the power of their womb, the fruit of their womb that is coming through the work of their life where they have done the womb work. I can see why the system is so heavily discourages that consciously and unconsciously, intentionally and chaotically. Um, evilly and ignorantly I can see so clearly why this is in many ways the ultimate expression of the power of women that she doesn't depend on a young body she doesn't depend on machinery or intervening authorities or powers that she could do this absolutely in the power of her nature and with the power of the cosmos flowing through her you know that that feels very evident just from my first three and a half moving towards four months and yeah again i'm, I'm reminded of how the world is truly magical, is truly based along sacred geometry lines. And I'm just going to pause while some folk go by the window here. I think that's them past now. Um, they might still be tootling about and come by again, but... I think they're mostly past the window. They're quite noisy folk, a bunch of folk chatting about Spromota and Paul Pelmo. <laughs> Which is nice, Spromota, freshly squeezed juice. It's something I was talking about today in a blog post I wrote. And yeah, the, the vitality, the upwards rising of the cosmic soul embodied and 
incarnated, incarnate on earth. Um, yeah, it's, it's all connected, eh? Um, yeah, so I've been thinking so deeply on how the world is based on mystical principles that we, 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 unless we're looking for them, and they're there right in plain view, in broad daylight, and right in front of our eyes, right inside of our sentience, but we don't see it because we're so distracted and everything around us is obscured by interference, and the interference creates this impression that there's a completely different reality imposed upon the true reality and that that imposed reality is realer than the than the true mystical reality and of course it, it's so easily disproved but it's it's not easily disproved when there's a mass psychosis that believes in the danger of pregnancy the danger of women birthing naturally um, if everyone's been programmed to have fear to some degree of their own body and especially of their rootedness, fear even of domestic alchemy, that everything in the house should be beaten back, the magic of the house should be beaten back by um, chemicals and bleach instead of the house being able to speak to us through its expression <laughs> and, and guide us to work with it as our second skin or our third or fourth skin and to live symbiotically well and happy and rich with everything that we need. Um, Having owned my own home for some years through um, a courageous leap into the dark and buying an abandoned house in an abandoned medieval quarter in Italy um, and throwing myself into the rejuvenation of the town when it was really about to set off a domino effect of one house after another falling down. Um, the energy that I, I could harvest because I'd never had my own home and I'd never had a stable home life apart from a, a council property that I rented for several years in Edinburgh the top floor of a, a really dangerous high-rise building not dangerous structurally necessarily although some metal cladding did fall off and could have chopped someone in half if luckily it happened in the middle of the night in a storm um, but yeah, quite um, dilapidated estate with many people who had been effectively pushed out of the healthy economic cycles of culture, which of course there are no healthy economic cycles in culture. The cycles depend on large quantities of very poor people either slaving away or being completely purposeless so that their resources and their energy and time can, and their creative force can go into creating, co-creating this world of privilege for those 
above them. Um, although that might sound like a fairy tale um, or a, a sort of a, a fabulous um, daydream, it has everything to do with how the how we bring life into the world, how we co-create together, how we're enslaved into systems that are feeding off us and taking taking our dreams and our our creative power, our literal creative vital force. And even if they're getting a tiny little financial harvest from us, they're getting the resources that if we were free, we would be using <laughs> in the world. But because we're not free and we're not using them and we're distracted by, you know, magazines and Facebook and all the rest of this shit, then all that creative power goes into repeating that cycle, bringing life into the world that thinks like that, that feels like that, that sees no further than the daily updates and the six o'clock news and whatever the current soap or TV series is. But meanwhile, in the mystical world, which is in the same place, that these goings on are happening. The world continues. Ad infinitum literally continues forever to operate on these natural law principles and law, like actual law, not imposed created, printed, signed and decreed laws, not these mandates and, but the actual law, which is that I am a sacred vessel and we are all sacred vessels and I am a co-creator of life and we are all co-creators and guardians of life. Whether we're not doing our job or whether we're doing our job, we are that, that's what we are. And whether or not we have anything to do with our potential. We, <laughs> the cat's getting a wee word in there. Whether or not we're having anything to do with our potential, our potential sits there throughout our whole life. It, it might seem further away from us, um, subjectively seems, you know, from the way we interact with life, it might seem like it's further away from us, but at any point, like at any point in the cycle, at any point in our life, at any point in our day, in our week, in our month, in our year, in our decade, in our lifetime, at any point, like right now, we can change everything, everything. Um, we tend to not do that and we tend to live in a static state, but... Everything can be changed if we look at the look behind the magic spells that are limiting us, the language that we've been programmed to use, look at every word that we're saying and thinking, and even the ones that are un unspoken that are underlying our consciousness. If we tirelessly look at them, and take each one apart. Behind each one, there is literally a universe of possibilities. 
and there's a language in there that is that anyone is able to learn that everyone is it's our language it's the language of the cosmos and the language of natural law and that it's not just that we can learn that but we we are we're meant to figure it out like that's part of our our work here we're meant to be um leaning into it and listening to it we're meant to notice the synchrony between events in our lives between people that we know and we're supposed to notice that there's an increased synchrony as time goes by and we're meant to notice that when we participate and affirm the sacred geometry that's going on around us when we recognize the difference between a negative thought and a positive one or between a statement of truth and a statement of trying to change something that is nothing to do with us when we notice the difference between a co-creative thought and a and a self-limiting thought a self-sabotage thought when we notice the difference between reality as our neuroses have constructed it and reality that is multidimensional and yes is on the surface but also much is much much more than the surface um yeah metaphors and coincidences and synchrony all all affirm that and all fit into that and all dance with it sing with it um And and yeah, I, I noticed that becoming more so each day of this um, pregnancy, which isn't really the word. I'm not pregnant. I'm not waiting. <laughs> I'm not in anticipation. I'm performing holy work of gestating of creation of co-creating life and again the the more we step out the way of I can feel myself as I step out the way the first three months were very although I, I've had nothing to do with tests or interfering authorities or, or anything um, checking the size or measuring anything um, I've had the neuroses come up and the neuroses, as they've risen, um, yeah, as they've risen, they've released, but also they've brought with them, like, carried on their tail, attached to their tail is this stream of energy that releases and connects me with the universe and with nature and with everything that is going on around me, literally everything that is going around me, allowing me to read the energy of what's going on around me, to know when it's a good moment to go out, who I'm going to bump into, when it's a good moment to go in the garden, to take the fruit from a particular tree, when it's the time to start storing food, when is the right moment of the day to go and pick the leaves so that they'll they'll steam well and then they'll store well. Um, ah, there's just um, explaining that rather than 
um, rather than my being someone who is, I am pregnant, I've taken a test, I'm going off to work regardless, I don't have time to listen to my body, so I need to go and get somebody with a stethoscope or a womoscope or a scanner to scan my belly and tell me what's going on there because I'm too busy rushing around, I'm ahead of myself and I'm not in myself. That's just all a nonsense. It's all an absolute nonsense. And it's a, a, it's a relinquishing of our sacred duty. No matter what we tell ourselves, no matter what the just justification is. And again, it's not a judgment, it's just a fact. This is a fact. Our sacred duty is to be present in this body, mind and spirit, in this lifetime, all through the lifetime, but never more so it's never more urgent and important than when we're gestating and even being very conscious of that myself, it's work. It's work to not drift off and it's work to not be swept up in my neuroses and see them as facts and think that they are real. It's really work. To watch the unfolding of my body, especially in the first three months, and to, to not be giving authority to a narrative that isn't the sacred work, giving authority to any narrative, whether it's my own trauma from the past, or my own fear about the future, or my own uptightness about my health, wealth, or happiness. Um, my relationship with my partner, etc. As much as I've I've worried and fretted and cried and not slept and and fussed about this, that, and the next thing. In in the first three months, as I entered the second trimester, there was a very clear distinction where. I felt, uh, I felt like something might have slipped away if I hadn't been doing the work. But then as soon as I got into the second trimester, there's a sense of things being fully on their way, rooted, clear, um, physically present, um, that actually now <clears throat> all... I have to do is keep out the way of it and again I don't mean in a separate way I mean in a way of like being very clear that this is happening no matter what and it doesn't need my neuroses to input into it in fact if I could do the work of keeping my neuroses like you know like keeping a puppy out of the room or a cat out of the room when one is giving birth if one can keep the neuroses at bay um, and again that wasn't really a, a factual comment a good metaphor about how you shouldn't have a dog near you or a cat near you when you're going through pregnancy uh, through the birth process they might be the perfect person the perfect creature to have there at that moment but meaning a disruptive animal or a disruptive person um, 
the getting out of the way of oneself and the work of that is just so it's really funny in a way it's funny like after a certain point like it I think earlier in my life it, it was such a heavy thing to do the catharsis to talk about the pain and the trauma of my life and to make sense of it and even write the stories or paint the paintings or sing the songs or dance it out or love make it to release the the grief but as as I've done a certain amount of that work um it becomes quite entertaining even to watch how the mind is the conditioning the the programming of the mind is trying to get a hold and it can't because there's nothing to grip hold of there's no hook that anyone can get into that least of all myself and especially in the gestation there's just this uh, I'm not in constant ecstasy I'm just in a in a very peaceful and knowing place that I've not been before um, where everything that I've thought about what is sacred and about the cosmos it feels very now more present than ever suddenly in in me and I can observe it as not separate from it but as it and as the embodiment of it and the the effortlessness of it is really surprising but again I, I think that has a lot to do with um the work that I've already done the fact that I'm older the fact the fact that I've gone really deep with many many things the fact that I've done a lot of de-armoring on my cervix and then expansion of the cervix expansion of the womb consciousness connection and cosmic connection with the womb and I am fully put my mind and my house in order in terms of what and who I am. I know my true identity, I know my natural identity, and I know my right, I know what is right, and I know what my rights are, that are far, far higher and wider and cosmic than anything that could ever be put down as bullet points in a, in a, a chart, a charter or a, a list of rights on a fucking website somewhere. <laughs> so, every, every metaphor that's coming to me, I'm surprised that I've, I've had to wait this long to feel this and know this when I've been on the right path towards it towards this knowing, knowing what's right, knowing what my right is, knowing, knowing how healing works, knowing what my natural body is m meant to operate like and function like in a, in a beautiful, easeful, vi vital way. Um, despite all the work I've done, like this is the thing that was unlocking it. This was the thing that was my intention and my dream and my want. And now it fits like the right the right moment and the right season it fits. Not just because I want it, because I don't sit as an isolated, alienated being in the world. Um, 
My want is such a small part of what is bringing it into being. My making love with my partner is such a small part of it. The, all the other things had to be in place, including the whole cosmos in this moment. And that is just the perfect sacred geometry of the universe that we're, even though it seems like we live in this chaotic and violent and impossible to navigate world, we really, we really do not. That's a surface projection that we participate in, that we feed with our imagination and with our belief the rigidity of our imagination. But meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, um, we all have the capacity to recognize that we're, we are the cosmic soul, we are Gaia Sophia, we are an intelligent planetary natural construct that works through poetry and metaphor and song and painting and dance <clears throat> and sewing <clears throat> magnificent garments and hot baths and cats. Um, yeah, there's such a such a difference between <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> such a difference between talking about it and being it and such a difference between just thinking it but then thinking and feeling and knowing um, and then seeing how the, how the world operates around us in one state as opposed to the other and as we move increasingly into not a state of course, it's not a state, it's not a static thing it's not a, a stasis. As we move more into livingness and more into life and more into sacred geometry and more into being aligned with the cosmos and aligned with the universal intelligence, it's very clear that previously I was less so and now I am more so. So the difference is, is the clarity. It's sometimes like day and night. And sometimes like night and day, but the, the difference is very, very pronounced and it becomes more pronounced as time goes on. So even the worst of our mistakes and the worst of our distortedness can be left behind at each phase because we know with the next breath, with our intention and our awareness widening, that there's no need to dwell on it. There's no need for the neuroses to hang on to an event that happened before or a person who wanted to take us down or who we wanted to take down. Um, it's just what it was whilst we were growing. And just like there's no point in a, an oak tree taking the piss out of acorns because they're not going to grow underneath its shade. Um, There's, there's no need for us to look at ourselves when we were smaller and have any issue with it. We're just bigger now and it's just different. 
And as long as we can see that, like there's a tangible difference in our growth, that we're softer and kinder or we're more stable and upright rather than bent over and overly flexible. Um, in a way, the individual things don't matter, the individual metaphors don't matter, but there's a there's like a holistic oneness of metaphor that when everything feels as one, then we can know the difference of that before it didn't feel like it was as one. And when as we move towards oneness, we can feel that everything is taking us there. It's not not just the yoga or the green juice or <laughs> or the cervical prayers. But everything, even somebody being mean to us or looking at us the wrong way or trying to trespass on us or trying to steal from us, all of it is beautiful because all of us, all of it feeds eventually, just comes along with us and feeds whatever we're doing. Like everything is fuel for the fire, compost for the plant, um, or perhaps Everything is kitchen waste for the compost heap. And um, yeah, as long as we're moving from effortful to effortless, as long as we're going always in a direction to more expansive rather than less so, and more abundant and easier flowing than, than less so, then we're going in the right direction. If we're always going into tighter and tighter spirals that's also fine it's totally great it just means that we're going to have to go to such a degree of tightness and spiraling downwards we'll have to go to a certain point before we can come back up again and and we will eventually get tired of it we will eventually get you know it will eventually become too tight to bear and we'll spring out of it um, or we'll burst in the other direction so um, with that, I, I release, um, I'm going to go and do some work myself on coming down into my womb and just feeling and massaging my belly and my torso and just making sure that I'm not being too heady all the time as I spend quite a lot of time uh, in language and in written and spoken word and it's important to to balance that with periods of release of any tension that those words are occupying in the flesh or maybe even release other words out of out of any tension in the flesh any indigestion or tension in the womb or little niggling feelings that are not verbal all of that just wants to get attention I have to put a certain amount of attention on that every day to do the work that's what the work is to me um, and yeah I'm doing that instead of traveling to the hospital or the doctor's surgery 
to get scans and KY jelly put on my belly. <laughs> Instead, I'm just at home with my lovely mandorle um, or olive oil or whatever the juice is that I'm putting on my belly. Um, but yeah, almond oil and my lovely lavender bicarbonate of soda bath. <laughs> so, merit gained radiated to you. Um, look forward to hearing from you if you want to give any feedback or ask any questions or if you need any support, just get in touch with me directly. I'm always at clairegayasofia.com. You can write to me at I am at clairegayasofia.com. And you can contact me via Instagram on clairegayasofia. Or you can contact me on the hive.blog at Claire Artista. I'm also on Patreon where you can gift me Claire Gaia Sophia and I am yeah I'm on um, no other platforms even if I, I do have a profile there I'm not really on them on a regular basis but those platforms um, you can gift me through Patreon which is incredibly helpful to get gift or you can gift me through my website. There's a gift page that explains a little bit about gift economy and how I live in gift. And again, this transmission is gifted to you. And you're very welcome. I'm very open to being gifted in return. Many, many blessings. Love. All good things. <laughs>